Comrade.com. Today on the show, we have a very special uh, Jeff and Scott uh, show. We have been, Jeff has been experiencing with some graphic design stuff. So if you're watching on the stream, uh, you'll see some uh, some pretty cool new stuff. What do you think, Scott? Is it, you think I did a good job? Pat me on the back. Oh, man, I'm impressed. Like, I'm not one to give Jeff compliments uh, very lightly. So I think it is very cool that Jeff is taking some initiative and it's about I mean, I time somebody did right yeah i know this is a this is a very good uh break in trend from when jeff usually takes initiative what happens when i usually do that no, i'm just saying like you're the only one who really does it oh <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> we're just on the show and jeff's like running it i do all the stuff and y'all get to be a part of it aren't you you're like the captain of the love boat who is captaining the love boat while other people are falling in love <laughs> you got any more things that make me look great that you want to say right now? Because, I mean, I, mean pretty... <laughs> I already called you Captain Steubing. I guess I might be like one of the other characters on The Love Boat, a show I never watched. What was the guy who... Um, Isaac. Uh, well, uh, Jesus. Well, okay. The cool guy. Yeah, he was a bartender. Uh, yeah. But, but like, like, how did you even know I was going to go there? Because I know. That's the only character you know from that show. What about the captain? You didn't know him. You probably didn't even know his name, Captain Steubing. You're right. Urgh. That hurts. Anyway, enough of this love boat stuff. Uh, we got another storm coming. Uh, so if you're listening to this, uh, the storm either came here or it didn't. Uh, but as of recording, it is Sunday night. Uh, schools throughout the area are currently... Um, out for Monday and Tuesday, uh, and there I've seen models of this storm, uh, Sally, uh, tropical storm, possibly Hurricane Sally, uh, that we're gonna go like right up the mouth of the Mississippi and just like clobber all of these lower lying parishes like Plaquemines and yeah, going up the mouth of the Mississippi's pretty much in every situation the worst it, case scenario. It's the Betsy route, the classic yeah. Betsy route. But anyway, like if, you, mm-hmm. if you were to invent the worst case scenario in like a computer for a city that's under sea level, which Jeff is currently working on, like ways to model storms, but he's not there yet. He's just mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't I haven't yeah. dipped my toe into meteorology <laughs> yet, but I have a friend who talks about meteorological stuff. Oh, yeah. My friend Robert Breck. You know, he used to come into uh, Schaefer's. Uh, like he used to come for lunch. I saw him at another uh, seafood place mm-hmm. one time, and he was just like, yeah. He came into Landry's one time too. This is years after he was retired, and mm-hmm. uh, he just had his Channel Nine shirt on still. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. Holding a torch, holding the torch up. Anyway, so, so um, 
yeah, so it's been kind of a wild weekend. I spent the whole day, you know, picking up the stuff that I just put back out after the last round of hurricanes. So, uh, how silly was it of me to pick it up in the first place, right? Pretty ridiculous. Who do you think uh, hurricane season was over? No, I mean, like, when all the stuff's packed up, you feel really cramped, you know? You, like, have all the stuff, like, on either, like, under your carport or, like, in parts of your house where it wouldn't normally be. And I like to be able to move pretty, you know, smoothly to where I'm going. I'm, I'm, I don't like to be dodging stuff that you, that's not usually there. Like, oh, why is there a bike in my living room? You know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. So I get all cramped up. And like in my laundry room where I put a lot of the... Um, laundry. Well, not... Well, I mean, but when the storm's coming, you know, I have a you know washer dryer, all that other stuff. But like I put stuff that might fly away in the middle of a hurricane in this little laundry room and so now when I do my laundry it's way more packed because I got storm stuff in there so it's like that have y'all done some prep have you have do you have enough uh provisions to get through do you have a, a bug out plan unless stuff gets bad we're uh waiting for the next day you know see what see what develops tomorrow mm-hmm. it might as of now go to Biloxi. Yeah, that's what I saw was turning east. It was heading a little bit east, which means we get like the rainy side. This is like the we're doing a weather report. This is your yeah. good morning, comrade weather report from two days ago. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it, we're just talking about the things people talk about when they don't have anything to talk about. Oh, we got uh, stuff to talk about, buddy. We have got stuff to talk about. Okay, cool. I mean, w- I mean, we are talking about the storm. However, uh, yeah, we got enough. You know, food and stuff around here. We got to We actually have a generator, so if cool. we lose power, we can keep the fridges running, so our food doesn't all go bad. Yeah, um, that's uh, pretty useful in a storm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so today also was the first day of football season. Did you? How yeah. much football did you watch today, buddy? Watched a little bit. You know, uh, I watched a little bit of the game going into it. The uh, Washington football team. <laughs> We Which haven't talked about this yet. They, 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 so the pre, the Washington football team, they had a name that was a slur, yeah, right. And pretty, pretty much, it was like intended to be that from right. like creation. And uh, they were like, they're finally like, enough's enough. They're tired of everybody yelling at them. So well, and uh, Dan Snyder was like, like notorious for like saying, "I will never change this name." I will yeah. never ever do it. And there are there's like a like a like a loud minority of of fans that would uh, back it up. But then all of a sudden, they just decided to change it, and now they're just known as the as Washington Football Team. <laughs> which is, Dan Snyder had like a scandal to dodge, so he's like, "Well, I can't deal with the scandal and this." What was the scandal? Do you remember? Oh man, it's like widespread abuse, like sexual. Mm-hmm. And, and, like the front office and stuff right well and and then but he he did it to uh and they did the thing that you know please give us credit because we're doing the thing that makes us look woke you know <laughs> which it's just like it's, it's better to have that slur not be in place yeah. in the first place but like you can only give them like limited credit like they're not yeah, doing this because they like that the, the, because yeah. they care about anything they just want the pr they didn't like wake up and like have a change of consciousness or something it was like oh yeah we they like decided to go to like they decided to go to like sterling cooper and be like uh and they were like oh yeah you gotta change the name mm-hmm. just some like weird corporate decision like mm-hmm. that 
however those things operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don Draper came up with a new name for him, and it's the Washington football team. <laughs> Don Draper did that one? That was on Mad Men? Yeah. Oh, my well, gosh. I already walked into your trap, and we'd be on the air for like five minutes. Yeah, man. You f***ing stepped right into my trap card. And he just cursed on the radio. Oh, God. Well, unfortunately, we have a great editor. I forget his name. Same guy that does everything else around here. Yeah. What's his name again? Yeah, give me his business card. I'll, I'll call him <laughs> and apologize. Uh, anyway. Uh, so anyway, the... So that happened. The Saints played today. They uh, beat Tom Brady in his yeah, debut, debut as... With a plum. Yeah, with the... Uh, Tampa Bay division rivals. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, Tom Brady was like, I'll just move in the south where it's more humid and I don't have uh, Bill Belichick paying the rest for me. I don't, I don't even think the. Uh, I don't even think the uh, Buccaneers know who to bribe anymore. Tom Brady's out of his element. He doesn't have a defensive line. He doesn't have an offensive line anymore. Yeah, he doesn't have. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He he does have Leonard Fournette, who for some reason the Jaguars cut, uh, and he's got a decent running back, but if nobody's blocking for him, nobody can run really good. So, who cares? Anyway, that's football. Um, yeah. What else you got going on, man? I mean, and I could definitely talk about. I, I want to save this for Aaron and Robert, but they had some had some wild stuff with the Louisiana Democratic Party this weekend too. Uh, did they now? Yeah, they put somebody in the charge. Oh, maybe we'll save this. Well, I mean, we could talk about it. Yeah. So uh, there was just we sort can of talk like about a major. It and they'll just like elaborate. Yeah, there was just like a major change uh, in the leadership because there was a. Um, you know, like the, the the yearly reorganizing meeting, and there was a, a very heavy influence. I'm, I'm holding off on the takes. There was a major influence by uh, some unsuspecting folks, and it, it 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 seems to have been that the Democratic Party is moving a bit to the right and becoming a bit difficult to defend in any way for me. Yeah. It is uh, becoming more blatant. Yeah. It's like not trying to ever help anybody. Yeah. And so uh that's that's kinda like where we're standing on that. We'll 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 get more into that with Aaron and Robert. Um Yeah. It just we're in a position lately where nothing feels normal. And is everything normal. is just like very bad. Well not just like very bad, but like very, very bad. No, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. It's it's kind of a thing where everything feels the same as it always has, except like worse, but like not well not like super worse, but like definitely worse. You know what I mean? Maybe like more egregious. Yeah. Uh, people are like aware that they shouldn't be like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm getting too far in, but like Tom Perez, like the the. Uh, the century of like keeping things not progressive, mm-hmm. just like flexing his influence, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like the the they, like the New Deal consensus sort of like died with Jimmy Carter, right? You're familiar with like the New Deal and like how the 
that that sort of thing with uh, FDR uh, in the 1930s was kind of like put under siege, I guess you could say, uh, in the 50s and 60s. It started with, with, with Barry Goldwater. Uh, and it sort of like turned into this, you know, turned into like Nixon was the one. Barry Goldwater ran against uh, Lyndon Johnson, who um, in, in 1964. And if you read Rick Perlstein's pretty good books on this, uh, he was like the start of like the modern conservative movement. And are you familiar with Barry Goldwater at all? Yes. What do you know about I, that guy? I know he said he went to put a bomb in uh, Moscow in the Kremlin or some shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, cussed again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just the worst guy. Well, uh, and um, like famously, the Johnson '64 campaign did a thing where they. Uh, yeah, they did a a thing about. Uh, a bomb going, like a nuclear bomb going off. Yeah, like a little girl like picking off. flowers, and next thing you know, like nuke goes off. <laughs> they only showed it once. Yeah, and um, like complete with the mushroom cloud and everything. It was, it was perfect. Um, Actually talked about that on Mad Men. <laughs> oh yeah, what they yeah. say on Mad Men? They were like, oh yeah, like <laughs> they were just like wow, like blown away by it. Like and how good it was. Uh. I don't know about how good it was, but they were just like, "Eesh!" Oh wait, <laughs> pretty, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the other handed. movie. The I'm other, thinking of the other movie, the uh, the movie with Brian Cranston as LBJ, which is very good. Really? Yeah. What's it called? All the way. Wow, I might have to check that out. It's good. Cranston is a good uh, LBJ. Yeah. Well, anyway, this this Goldwater guy uh, was like the kind of like the bleeding edge of like modern conservatism. Uh, he kind of, his energy kind of gets sucked up by Nixon uh, in like 1968, like in the sort of like run up to that, um, which was a huge year. I mean, we can get into that, but essentially there was, he was like campaigned on a Southern strategy and the silent majority, which was a lot of like veiled and coded racism involved in that. And then um, it still kind of had like some of the New Deal and the Great Societies like redistribu- re- uh, redistributionist, like not necessarily social democratic, but kind of like a kind of like, like a liberal, eh, like like a, li- like a purple Republican kind of thing. Well, not not even that. Like like even like you could probably say that the the, the New Deal was. Fairly like revolutionary for the U.S., even though the gains of it there it was limited, and the gains were not equally distributed, and not all workers gained from um, the New Deal equally, et cetera, et cetera. Some people would say oh, it's racist. I would definitely argue with that. Um, but anyway, it was definitely like racist, racial, racist uh, influences that intended to exclude like certain groups of people like like by race but but they couldn't do it explicitly by race they had to like do it by the kinds of shops that were were redlining and such not just redlining but like oh domestic workers actually don't get the benefits or the same rights to, to unionize as other kinds of workers and those are usually that kind of work is usually done by non like like by by black and brown folks so it was harder for them to unionize in those jobs does that make sense and so one of the things that ends up happening is, 
you know, unions had a resurgence, but it was it was not an unlimited, like all across the board resurgence because of the way that these things were sort of like fought. It wasn't like the intention of it. It was not to necessarily be racist, but they were un- unacceptable, in my view, compromises that were made that kept the I kept the programs from being as far reaching as they could have been. And to, just that's just a way of saying that it, it it wasn't like like I'm not trying to say the new deal is like like perfect or whatever, but it was definitely the like in terms of building a social safety net and a and a sort of uh, welfare state in the United States. That was I mean, the first time it's ever happened. You know, everything I mean, else was before. Part of that was charity. I mean, they're still trying to get rid of it now. Right. Exactly. Um, and so that was like the really the first time, well, not the first time, but the first real big push against, I mean, they were anti-New Dealers like like through the New Deal and a lot of them were like Southern um, and Northern, I mean, like people who, wealthy people um, primarily, but, but there was a lot of, you know, Southern Democrats that were against it. Yeah, you should definitely watch that uh, Brian Cranston movie. Mm-hmm. It covers all this stuff. Well, anyway, and then the things that sort of um, exacerbated this to extent, even though they were extremely necessary, were the, the Civil Rights Act, that um, the Civil Rights Acts, the Voting Rights Act, and et cetera, from uh, uh, the Johnson administration, um, which, I mean, there was immense you know, street protests and violence by the state against these people, fire hoses and dogs and all that horrible stuff. I mean, that was part of the that was part of the Nixon mm-hmm. rhetoric. Like, that, yeah, um, he would essentially say the silent majority, uh, as as he termed it, would was, was essentially people that are like suburban, coded as white people were just like, we're all against this, aren't we? You know what I mean? Yeah, we all know this makes us nervous. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like very very much like leaning on that like kind of like almost like jujitsu, where it's like, so, oh yeah, I'll just like. Turn this momentum against the person you vote. Subliminal type messaging. Um, and anyway, uh, essentially, what, what what Carter did after you know Nixon and Ford, uh, who kept you know some of those programs going, not like all of, not not necessarily because they liked them, and not necessarily because they like had any will to do so, but like the problem was that in the nineteen uh 70s the late 70s uh was a problem with like oil and um the oil crisis because of you know some stuff in the middle east uh and essentially the response by um the Carter administration was sort of like oh well individual people and this is the democrat individuals would have to sort of uh, put on a sweater instead of, and turn the you know turn the heat uh, turn the heat heater off you know like and make sure that you're practicing good citizenship so we don't drive the prices of this up even higher and what it ended up the effect of it of the policies that he would put forward like through this time that was like one thing that was like very emblematic of it but but essentially it was a lurch to the right by Democrats uh, which kind of was against the idea that but it was essentially a, 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 a individualism that pushed against the kind of good. To, a reactionary move to a, 
thing where we're all supposed to be in together, kind of like. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Individuals need to solve this problem, right? And so that was sort of like viewed as. I mean, everybody hated it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he just gets his absolute butt kicked by Ronald Reagan, who just like, like made him. I mean, he like Carter had kind of, and Carter was actually a pretty sharp actor in terms of like, like building up power. He was definitely a like conservative by the standards of the day, um, like Southern Democrat. However, he. <laughs> Uh, like like he just got it he just got his he was very sort of like i mean reagan also used uh like not only his like man like town on a hill like stuff but he used the uh, iran the ongoing conflict oh like, yeah like, big wedge it was like, so extremely aggressive it was so extremely aggressive and carter was just like so um, by by comparison, especially considering all the context of what was going on, and the you know the uh, there were there was essentially hostages being held in Iran. It was a, it was a big problem, and he he looked really really weak, and he got his butt kicked, uh, and that was sort of like the moment where like the sort of like you know essentially the stopping of the momentum of the new deal with Carter. And then this sort of like open like union breaking that happened uh, yeah. under the Reagan administration when he fired all those air, tra air traffic controllers, um, the Petco strike. And it's pretty much a, a blame the last guy kind of thing. Like. Well, and, and well, not only just that, but it, it, <sighs> when the government, when the president of the United States essentially, openly breaks a union at the highest level from the highest level of government that, that is shatters like yeah it fires all these people um that's taken as a sim like a like a signal by the uh by essentially the private business owners and the pri like the private bosses that oh wait hold on we can just bust unions now and get away with it okay and yeah. that has been an attack and a siege on labor since this, that moment. This thing we've been trying to do for like mm -hmm. 80 years. We have like the, the open... Green light, baby. Yeah. Like nobody cares about the wages anymore. Mm -hmm. and that, that's kind of where we're, we're at now. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. The um, When you see jobs reports and stuff come out, they don't talk about like the median wage of jobs so much as they have like unemployment rates. It doesn't talk anything about like how much the like um are the are the wages of jobs going up are, are are people who are having like more advanced degrees taking like jobs that would be that would be overqualified for because they don't have jobs for the ones that they're saying that they are you know and again you know quotes my fingers they don't have jobs that they would qualify for if they were you know meeting the full sort of like stated potential of their you know college degree or whatever and i mean there's something very simple that i like to use it's kind of just like how i try to think about this myself mm -hmm. it's very simple and it's very like personalized to me call it the adidas scale like whoa like four or five or six or seven years ago maybe 10 years ago you could go into a store and adidas cost you 40 bucks 40 bucks for a new pair of adidas Shell toes, 
any color you want that they have on stock but like let's say you want white on blue you want black on black you need a scale you go in there 40 bucks i went into the store about two years ago Charlie from adidas had 40 about 40 dollars burning a hole in my pocket and they were like oh man 40 bucks that ain't gonna get you no adidas here i mean how much for the adidas for 65 bucks man wow i mean i know my i know my wages didn't go up <laughs> yeah. i'll have more money now yeah and since that time really it was since the late 70s where the sort of decline started late 70s early 80s and there's been a decline in actual real wages like adjusted for like inflation yeah since that time and they've never recovered never recovered so essentially if inflation and inflation is essentially a devaluation man this is some nerdy stuff right here i mean this is something people used to like be up in arms about yeah like inflation well and like the problem is like inflation on its face isn't necessarily like a bad thing i mean like i don't think it's a great thing either it's, uh it's just like it, it what essentially it means is that m the money that you have means uh it's worth less right so if yeah. the money that you have is worth less and even if your wages don't go down if they stay the same but the value of that money goes down then you're essentially not you're, you're basically as inflation climbs getting a pay decrease yeah. and so the prices of things are rising and like your pay isn't going up yeah exactly i mean it's like you ever watch a show from like the 40s or something they're like oh yeah the government's really like the national debt is crazy we owe like 10 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like and, crippling the economy and and the national debt doesn't mean anything really yeah, i mean like we have I, a monetary I'm, not saying, I'm just saying like as a like kind of like a place marker for like inflation mm -hmm. and stuff like like a Actually, channel marker almost, you know? Yeah, well, check out the uh, episode we did with Jake, and he talks about MMT, which I'm not totally sold on that, but MMT is modern monetary theory. It's essentially this idea that any, like, nation that holds a sovereign currency uh, can essentially pay... They can make as much of that currency as they want because they're the people that created it, right? And so if there is a debt that is owed in that kind of currency, in, this, in our case it would be U.S. dollars, Then, and you can make as many U.S. dollars as you want, then you could pay any debt that the U.S. has in U.S. dollars by just by printing that money. And I'm thinking that sounds a little bit too... Um, I don't know. It's not totally BS to me, but it's also something that's sort of like... I can see there being problems here. <laughs> like essentially I mean, if if inflation just goes like like a rocket blasting through the roof or something I mean, like that. And Jake 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 actually talked about it. go back and check our, our our episode with Jake um on that one but go ahead Scott. I mean it's basically just like the whole point is money is fake. Like it's mm -hmm. a fake thing that we invented so that we wouldn't have to do bartering anymore. Correct. Yeah. And the value of money is not tied to anything. It's tied to essentially the ability of the U.S. to pay that debt in U.S. dollars. And that's true. It's 100% true. Money is like, it's like shrimp. Like, remember when it's shrimp season? Like, mm -hmm. shrimp are cheap. But when shrimp, when like, when it's not shrimp season, people are, shrimp are expensive. It's <laughs> like, they just are less of them. And like, the mm -hmm. people preserving them or like keeping them for the later months are like, well, 
you know, maybe doing it for that like monetary reasons or whatever. Uh oh. Jake Jake Jake's actually chiming in in the chat. MMT is in effect now for corporations. That's the CARES Act. He's right. Yeah, that is a um, great point, Jake. He, the CARES Act, so for for COVID, essentially there was a giant giveaway that went to um, companies and small businesses and uh, essentially to everybody except for workers. I mean, yeah, that was basically a thing oh. that was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, this is for the small business company. Yeah, the PPP. Then uh, I, I, like I, I do... and all these companies are just like, oh, where's mine? Yeah, well, and, and I will say this. There was a, like a like a straight away like stipend of like $1,200. And the, the one good thing was that there was like an added $600 to... Um, I added six hundred dollars to unemployment insurance. Uh, however, um, you needed to qualify for unemployment insurance to get that. I mean, I'm um, unemployed because my job doesn't exist, and I didn't get unemployment. Well, we'll talk about that one. Um, anyway, so 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 you are correct, Jake. MMT is in effect now. Uh, wow. Yeah. Talk about it. Jake, the ghost of Jake's like argument that you said you didn't agree with. No, well, 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 I'm not, well, I'm not saying that. Uh, so I'm not saying that. Points like, to that's, Jake for dunking straight on Jeff <laughs> in real time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess my point here isn't that like um, it, it. It definitely is like like the the way that currency is uh, utilized is done in that way in the sense that like it can just sort of like be conjured up out of thin air. That's that's not debatable at all. Um, I guess my point here is that uh, that I, I don't see that as a solution to necessarily. And again, in my understanding of it, I don't see it as a solution to like redistributing the wages that like I don't see that as, as redistributing the money that the billionaires and the billion and the millionaires have, um, and and putting that into the hands directly of working people. Um, now, are there ways that that can be done? Yes. I don't think, I think it's not directly confrontational in the sense that you're like directly confiscating that money from the wealthy, which I think has got to happen. I think that's like critical, but that's just my thought. What does Jeff Bezos need that money for? Well, exactly. And like, um, is he going to start his own country? Well, he might start his own space colony. Dude, I, dude, you, see, you stepped on my other trap card. The Gundam oh, trap buddy. card. Yeah, you stepped on my Gundam trap card. Buddy, you don't even know. Like, like every single day, like, as the planet gets more and more, like, absolutely trashed, like, this basically just seems like an ejector seat for the billionaires, like, to be mm-hmm. like, oh, man, well, I'm just going to go to Mars. Oh, this planet's on fire. See ya. Yeah. It's all yeah, yours. But, like, it's going to be, I mean... I mean, not to get too, like, speculative fiction on you or anything, but, like, it's basically just going to be, like, Elon Musk goes to space and he's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't even, I didn't even pack, like, a, uh, a flathead screwdriver. I, I only have a, 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 a cross screwdriver. Like, what's going on? I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally messed up. Like, I can't even do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be something weird like that. The, the, like, the inglorious end to humanity. <laughs> It would be nice to, well, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, Elon Musk. So, Look, I, don't I, know. I don't know. Elon Musk is just an imminently distasteful person to yeah. me. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I might say something that I regret. So, I'm not going to do it. 
Well, you you finally worried someone's gonna come at you? No, come wow. at me. Never thought I'd see the day. Wow. Hold on a second. Wow. Hold on. Wow. I've been challenged. <laughs> Elon Musk. Come on the show. We're gonna take. Come you on down. the show. Debate me, coward. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't we ain't gonna have a big old spliff like Joe Rogan had. <laughs> like you. Never mind. Like he was smoking a chicken bone. <laughs> uh, he choked it down. But yeah, space is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. As it as it currently spans, uh, well, I'm, uh, in, 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 I'm putting the uh, I'm putting the space like countdown to midnight mm-hmm. to nightmare. Currently, nice. That's where I that's where I have it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, basically. Uh, Jeff Bezos is cribbing like Gerard K. O'Neill stuff like word for word, mm-hmm. which is not where we need to be right now. <laughs> Gerard K. O'Neill had some points. Who's Gerard K. O'Neill? He's the guy who came up with the high frontier. Mm-hmm. And he like had all these ideas like, oh yeah, space, like he basically like workshopped all this stuff with his students. Like, because he was, I guess he worked at like Caltech or some place like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. But, uh, he basically like was like, "What do you think space is gonna look like?" And all the students were like, "Well, we, we I reckon we're gonna be at these things called Lagrange points, which are like, they are like there's science about them, and there's certain points between like the sun and Earth and the Earth and the Moon where you can like stably colonize." Mm-hmm. But like, and they were like, "Well, you're gonna be in a certain kind of cylinder, and that's how like space colonies are gonna look." But then, like, he had another book to write because everybody liked that first book. And he was like, well, I guess we'll have hydrogen propulsion or something. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, maybe we'll have to we'll have to do this if, like, everybody in Asia stops repopulating or something. Just all this, like, crank science that he, like, had to do because, like, he had to make another book. And he just, but he had this idea, basically, that was, like, once we go to space, it'll all be figured out. We'll, we'll have it all under our belt. It's all going to be over. Like, we're going to be in space. It's all good. Like, you ever go camping with a bunch of people and they're like, we don't need to go to the supermarket. We're just going to have everything figured out when we get there. Like, it's just bad news. Like, bad science. Like, ugh. Gerard K. O'Neill, a villain of history. A villain. Yeah. Thumbs down for him. Like, his book, like, uh... It was basically like forwarded by like all these astronauts who were like, "Oh, this is the future." <laughs> but like, underneath, underneath, like the very like respectable veneer of him being like a college professor is just like all this crank science, like bad, bad, bad stuff. Anyway. Oh wow! Uh, apparently, there is a. Uh... There is a Facebook group called I Will Die Mad at Elon Musk and his ilk. <laughs> I mean, this is coming true in real time. Isn't he getting a divorce now? Oh, no. He's getting a divorce? Oh, I thought love, it, Un- love is not real anymore. Unconfirmed, but uh, I don't know. I'm not up on the Elon Musk and Grimes situation. I don't even know who Grimes is. Like She's a pop star. Like, people like her. Okay. People are generally like, I mean, she's a pretty good pop star. People like. Her I am music. so out of touch with like music, and yeah, I don't know her music, but I know she's generally regarded well in mm-hmm. the music, like on a pure music front. But 
as far as like uh, a heart of the person. Probably not stellar considering, you know, who she had <laughs> company. Child by. Yeah. I mean, she maybe she's just getting her spot on this on the space show. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm not I'm not here to assign any, you know, intentions to people. You're not here to cancel anybody? No. That's not my job. Whose job is it? That's all the Twitter's yeah. job. I ain't that got, is, I ain't got yeah. no part of that. Twitter.com. What are we at? Where are we at? We gotta do a show. We gotta do a station notification. Yeah, let's do board. some station ID. You wanna do it? Go ahead. Do station hey. ID. W-H-I-V-L-P, New Orleans, 102.3. What show uh, are you listening to? We are listening to Good Morning Comrade. That is our show. Uh, I'm Scott. This is Jeff. We are brothers. And this is the Big Dog Show. No What's the Big allowed. Dog Show? What does that mean? Uh, only Big Dog Allowed. Who's the Big Dog? Sorry, Robin ain't here. The biggest dog. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> you're a big dog in spirit. They were all big dogs, this is the big, the big, but with yeah. just the two, the two biggest dogs. Yeah. The biggest big dogs. Biggest dogs. But you come here offense, you start, uh, you start, you start putting a stick against it, walking back and forth. We're gonna bark at you. Mm-hmm. This is our yard. You see. Yeah, it's our yard. Um, speaking of dogs and yards, did you see the that? Well, okay, so. The NFL. We'll get back to the NFL real quick. Really weird, really weird thing that they've done is that they're doing it. They're doing the games with no crowd, which I think is good. Yeah. Right. However, they've stolen the idea from professional wrestling of just piping in crowd noise. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's well, so weird. A well like tread wrestling trope of. Having a fake crowd. Mm-hmm. It goes Everybody all the way back to Goldberg. Oh, yeah. When they would just pipe in people chanting Goldberg in the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Goldberg, very popular. But Who's like, Goldberg? Goldberg was a Jewish wrestler who who played for Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia, not Georgia Tech. UG, yeah. And, and the uh, Atlanta Falcons as well. And then he was a phenomenon, very much. Very much homegrown. He did the, the streak. Very much homegrown in the South. Uh, popular wrestler. And, you know, he's a phenomenon. But, you know, sometimes when you go to smaller towns, they want that Goldberg heat. They want people to say Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. Chant, chant, chant. <laughs> and, 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 and TV sort of did this thing like the WCW, which was a... Well, it was number one at the time when he came around, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, there's a... Uh, Eric Bischoff named his show. It's called, like, 92 Weeks. However however many weeks he was on top. hmm But, yeah. Like, it was uh, the top show in the country on cable. hmm Professional wrestling for, like, three years. hmm Still a juggernaut. <laughs> Still a juggernaut. Scott is a wrestling fan. Yeah. You too. Hell, oh, buddy. I did, yeah. I did but, get back uh, into it again. But anyway, one of the things that they would do would, they would, they would be, they would pipe music in, or not, 
music. Pipe chants in. Chants, yeah. Uh, You want want people at home to to think you're having a good time, you know? You're going to chant along if the people at the stadium are chanting. Mm -hmm. And and it's part of, like, this atmosphere. But what what I was thinking about this today, because I was was listening to the game on the radio. Yeah. uh, Because I was going to get some food in the middle of it. And what was really weird to me is that if you were if you were just listening to the game on the radio and not watching the game, you wouldn't know that there's no crowd there. Because they had the crowd being piped in through the um through the radio too, right? So it it was like extra strange because like it was like dubbed almost like I don't know if it was like I'm not exactly sure how they do it. Uh, if they're doing it like piping it in through the stadium speakers or if they're just sort of like putting it on the broadcast. I imagine they're doing it through the stadium speakers, but maybe not. Um, but like you can hear like the two commentators and they'd be talking and, you know, they would have like, you know, cheers and O's and all this other stuff that they happen, which is somebody just pressing a button. Right. So yeah. there's this, it, there's been this impulse ever since this COVID thing started happening to kind of get things to go back to normal. Like, not kind of. Like, it's been, like, you know, forcing the schools open when they're not safe to go back to and, like, opening up, you know, states like Louisiana when they're moving to phase three, uh, which means that, you know, more, like, higher capacities in buildings, higher capacities on buses, higher capacities in classrooms, all this other stuff. When we haven't seen a noticeable or considerable drop in cases of COVID. Quite the contrary. Yeah, no, numbers are pretty high still. And, um, but there's this, there's this economic incentive and this economic push and these economic forces um, pushing to make things go back to normal. And, and one of the things that happened with football is... <laughs> That that essentially, and, and this was with other sports too, basketball, um, baseball, but like football is like the big one yeah. right now, I think. Because it's like, it's almost like church to some people. I mean, it happens on Sunday. Yeah. It's like part of the day. It's how you know it's fall and all this other stuff. Um, but, but, but it was just so like surreal to see like a, a empty stadium with like the practice squad for each team, like sitting in the, in the stands and the practice squad for the teams are sitting in the stands. Nobody else. The practice squad people aren't cheering. They're watching. Yeah. They've so, seen all these plays. Yeah. I mean, but, but it's just like, this is like, this is a very, like, a, it's just a very strange thing. To, to to go so far to create this atmosphere this f- like manufactured atmosphere of a of an actual football game where people are actually there and it's been it, it's definitely been done weirder in other ways like the WWE has done the, the, Thunderdome. the Thunderdome we talked about that with Diana on this show uh, where they have a bunch of video screens that people can uh, have their you know face in, or you know an ISIS you know execution, or Chris Benoit, or whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, KKK meeting. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, but like the idea is that fans can be a part of the show by being on a video screen. 
Uh, and then the other thing is the, um, the, the, you know, baseball had these like cardboard cutouts that they would put in the seats that people could sort of like pay for certain things to get put in certain places. And somebody uh, paid money to get, you know, like Bernie from Weekend to Bernie's to put behind home plate in one of the stadiums, which I think is pretty hilarious. Yeah, Bernie's pretty good. But but it's it's like a way to manufacture like like normalcy. reality and yeah, normalcy and, and like 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 create a fake atmosphere for like, something oh, that you're being like almost like nostalgic for. You know? It's very strange to me. Yeah, people aren't nostalgic for like the fifties anymore and like milkshakes. They're nostalgic for their regular lives. Mm-hmm. And and what it what it kinda tells me, or what it what it feels like um more than anything is it feels to me like the fact that one like these owners these sports owners want to continue making money like obviously that's the most obvious thing in the world and the fact that um the fact that you know your sport gets shut down because of this global pandemic that's killed you know if it hasn't hit 200,000 people in the U S and, you know, I mean, millions abroad across the world. Um, that's not, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. You know, the, the pandemic isn't a good thing, but it can't stand in the way of like spinning up the money. And yeah, I mean, like it's fine. Like things like, People dying are fine as long as like line go up. Yeah, and like opening the schools means that parents who are who work for bosses can go back to work because like part one of the functions that education fills in our society is childcare, right? Yeah, like people don't send their kids to school because they like have a big desire for education. Oh, I mean, I think that people do. Have a I mean, big that, desire for education. They, they think do, that, but that's like that takes a back seat to like, ah, oh, kids are out of the house. I right. can go to work. And like what the, in the in the way that education has been packaged over the past, you know, thirty years at least, uh, is that like education is the way that an individual kid can like get out of poverty or whatever and make the best that they can, uh, the best life for themselves that they can, uh, which is like never i mean that, that is a very like neoliberal function of education if you know what i mean i mean when i was in school wasn't nobody trying to make my life better they were trying to pass me on through i was a stat baby like they weren't trying to make my life better they were trying <laughs> to make sure i like was graduated and like you know they take a picture of me with my gown on and be like right hey, hey the state guess what he passed where's our funding mm-hmm well, I mean, that's sort of like one of the one of the knock on effects of it. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. There's, I, I guess that's a sort of a roundabout way of saying that there's this, these impulses to kind of like get the machine back up and running because it can't like like the the world that we have built and the world that we live in means that you have to like work or you don't like so many people have lost their jobs, you know, like, I mean, I have to look at the numbers, but it's millions of people have lost their jobs. Yes, yes, yes. Raise your hand. 
and there's sort of like this like social pressure that's like shrouded in moral language that says that you need to be working even in the midst of this because uh, if you're not doing it like you're a bad person or you're lazy or whatever and that's that's the sort of like moral couching of it but the material side of it as well is if you don't have a job and we don't have a society that takes care of people who don't have jobs then you are like literally going to just not be able to have the resources to survive. You know what I mean? It's very much the case of like, hey, I can't afford any food. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, hey, why do you have a job? Like, yeah. Well, there's, there's a big pandemic. Like, well, the oh, his job's out there. The people at Walmart are working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, there's this like very, very strange, like, like it, it's almost like a built in like blame. Like, like there's a, a necessary, and, it, and this was bad before the pandemic. I mean, it was bad before even, the pandemic. You know what I mean? Seated, like Protestant work ethics. Oh stuff, yeah. Right? It's, it's locked in. It's, it's like John Smith stuff from, you know, you know, the, 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 the early Virginia colonies. Yeah. Like, like fire and brimstone preaching. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You think you're doing all right, but you're going to hell anyway, pal. Mm hmm. Like when I was in school, we used to read these like fire and brimstone like uh, like sermons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this is public like published material where they just be mm-hmm. like, "Well, you are all sinners. You think you're doing good? You're not. You're terrible. You're a piece of trash. Like you need to be trying even harder. Like mm-hmm. you you think you're resting on those laurels there? Guess what? God is God sees you. Mm-hmm. You are doing bad, and He hates your guts." That's some Old Testament stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it. That's what that whole thing was. Like mm-hmm. all those guys in wigs telling you how terrible you are. Mm-hmm. Keeps the ties coming in pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I guess the 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 sort of like that's to kind of like think about that in a, like a more modern sense as well. Like, I, I think the prevailing um, perspective isn't necessarily one that's based off of, like, a, a, a deity or an entity. Maybe it's the way that some individuals do it, but, like, the way that it's functioned uh, or the way that it's framed, um, probably, you know, for at least, you know, 100 or so years, is that it's, it's, it's much more secularized than that. There's almost like a uh, oh, yeah. a merit based like like um logic around it where where God's not there no more. Like, yeah, like it's like uh, a power vacuum almost because mm-hmm. like people don't go to church on Sunday anymore. They watch football. Mm-hmm. Like it's the like the people like there is a like a, a, an emptiness there that people mm-hmm. need to fill and they think like diligence and being a good worker are mm-hmm. like the thing to fill that up. Like, like God went away and who filled up that spot? It's mm-hmm. just an invisible hand now. Or like there's an, inv- no, it's not even necessarily an invisible hand. It's like the, uh, like the self has replaced God in a certain sense or in the, at least on the individual level. And essentially what you do uh, essentially has the full power like what your individual actions are the 
reason for whatever happens to you in your life, right? If you did good stuff, it's you did good because uh, you can tell that you did do good because of the way that your uh, outcome is. So if you're rich and you have a lot of money, it stands to reason that you did stuff to get that. And if it, if you're poor and you don't have anything, then it stands to reason through this logic that you did bad stuff or you didn't do enough good stuff to, uh, to have earned that. And like, that's sort of like the same logic is like the, um, almost like a card player's logic where it's like, yeah, luck isn't even a factor anymore. It's all about <laughs> not even about the cards you got. It's about you reading the man across the table. It's like, right. If you're not constantly like doing good, like not even if you're not trying, if you're not like successful mm-hmm. because of your like actions, you're just like awful. Right. And the very like, obvious, um, like how dare you fail? Mm-hmm. What a, what a loser. Yeah. And the very obvious, um, sort of the very obvious like refutation of that is well that what you're implying here when you say that if you ended up in a good position or bad decision is dependent entirely on the decisions that you've made in your life you know it it implies that you're starting from the same place Right, it's it, it implies that everybody's starting on the same playing field. It, it's like Monopoly; y'all start at go, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but, you know, somebody who's born, you know, the son of a you know a billionaire, like like Jeff Bezos's you know kid or whatever, uh, and you know, you and me who were born in some like middle class family in 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 you know St. Bernard Parish down the road, um. We had the same shot to become billionaires, and you know it, it's it's actually possible for you know the billionaire's son and daughter or whatever to lose all that money uh, just as easily as somebody like you and me could just gain the same amount of money. And it's like, are you serious right now? Do you know how the, you know the society works? Yeah, it's like a it's a weird thing where it's like a, like if you do it and you're born like low class or middle class, it's like <laughs> wow, you did it congratulations mm-hmm. but it's like uh it's like if somebody's born to like jeff Bezos' son it's like wow i can't believe you did it despite your setbacks mm-hmm. yeah I know. it's like it's oh like, wow. wow donald trump donald trump what a coincidence that you and your dad were both like very successful there's almost like some like like eugenics too well it's it's also like a lot of that goes along with like like even the protections that go along with like will built into law like protects capital so much more than it does like individuals because if i if i like have to like file bankruptcy or something and like not pay my debts or whatever i'm going to be totally screwed if i can't get credit ever like i'll just be totally totally screwed over and if, you know, Donald Trump or, you know, name the person, you know, but like that's the one that comes to mind. He went bankrupt like, you know, dozens of times uh, on different projects and he's still a billionaire. Huh. How does that work? How does that, you know, operate? Yeah, that's that's kind of how the protections work. And yeah. Like, what, why they won't work for <laughs> something for like student debt. Like, yeah. you know, if you can't, you can't like go bankrupt on your student debts 
but that's like why is that because like rich people don't have those debts. well you can go go you can go into like bankruptcy and you can go into bankruptcy for student for like and like have student loan debt and have that be a part of the reason that you do it but those are the like that's like one of the only kinds of loans that doesn't disappear in bankruptcy it do- it doesn't get forgiven and it's just like huh that's really odd you know like why is that the case yeah i mean it's almost like it's a system designed to reward certain mm-hmm. things like if you get a if you get education because of your parents like that's fine but if you get it because you went into debt for it you cannot be forgiven there's mm-hmm. an unforgivable thing in this culture Right. How dare you go go in the hot for your education? Yeah. Well, and that, you should have thought about that before you even went to college. Mm-hmm. I'm now thinking about, and I just wanted before we before we bail. Um, we had a really good interview uh, a little bit ba- a little bit back with um. He's a economist, and he is also um author of the book capitalism versus freedom uh the toll road to serfdom which is a great <laughs> subline um rob larson and he had a fan he, he, he it was one of our best shows if you haven't checked it out uh go back and do so um he kind of talks he gets into a lot of this stuff and he talks about also like how <laughs> Essentially, how the the people, the, like 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 Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and like all these people, like they they have this idea or this sort of like um, this way that we think about uh, billionaires and like business owners or whatever the hell as like they've done the thing that got them into that position because they worked the hardest. And like he wrote a, a another book called Bit Tyrants, and it's about Silicon Valley type folks, um, like like you know, tech maniacs and all this other stuff. And like, no, that's not how it works at all. Like, basically, you just have to be the most cutthroat that person that destroys the other per- the other um, the other company or that uh, buys them up, whatever whichever way it is. Um, you don't actually give a damn uh, like about putting out the best product. Everything's about like privatizing like these processes by which you would, um, by which you would make something and then just like renting them out to other people so that they could use it, making them pay to sort of like build upon these ideas. And it just becomes an absolutely exclusive, um, and it's like like it frees out anybody that doesn't have enough money to play in that I mean, game. And plus, like when it gets to like these really really high levels, and people like Gates, um, they basically just buy up enough of a, a enough of a market to that they can just like force their like Windows software. I mean, didn't uh, they hold, like- on, hold on, they force their Windows software like onto basically you know 90 percent of the market of computers i mean didn't they sue him for like antitrust and stuff like what happened all that you know i I, i'm gonna have to refer that to the episode with um 
and and to his uh, and to his book, but the, the episode with Rob, um, essentially they didn't start going after Bill Gates until he started like messing with like the richest people in the world because it's like having a monopoly isn't like illegal. And and again, you'll have to check with um that, that with that episode. So please go 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 and check it out. I'll I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes to this one. Um. But like utilizing that monopoly in one sector to take over other sectors is is something that can get you in some trouble. So anyway, um, I know we're coming up on time, and this is sort of like been a, a I mean, this is a big dog episode. So I mean, like we're a little scattershot. So um, you can uh, listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIV. We also have shows that come out on Thursdays. Uh, you can get more information on our website, goodmorningcomrade.com. So thank you all so much, everybody. Uh, Big Dog, out. Bye, guys.